boys screws loose with them, stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on them. Said if he all wasn't right. in the rush, they was all gone. <clears throat> Greetings, chuddlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. Uh, it is Monday, January 15th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's about 10.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. I'm your host, Dugouts. With me as always, uh, King Chuddy. How you doing, Chuddy? Doing well. Great day of hoops. Capped off by a nice Celtics road win. So, feeling pretty good. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, too. Yeah, Martin Luther, don't they have, like, every team, like, plays on Martin Luther King Jr. Day or something? Isn't Not it, like, quite, an insanely think, long uh, slate? It's an 11-game slate. Started at, uh, 1 in the afternoon, so. Yeah, so, yeah, you've had a good day. Yeah, you've had a really good day, yeah. But, <laughs> the yeah, screens uh, have been more fired up early. Yeah, every, uh, everyone in the Chuddyverse had a good day. Celtics get the, uh, 105-96 win, um, over the new-look Raptors. Uh, it's a team that, as you mentioned, that some of the keys have been playing pretty well. Um, going into the going into this game, especially since that trade took place, um, so it was good to get the win over them. Uh, Drew Holiday uh, with 22 points, kind of the player of the game, I'd say. We're gonna get into his game that he had a little bit later. Uh, before we get into the breakdown, though, uh, make sure you're following the Twitter page at Chuddy's Corner. Um, maybe the hottest Twitter page in all, all Celtics Nation right now. We're gonna touch on that a little bit later too. Uh, but make sure you're following at Chuddy's Corner. Uh, make sure you're following me at Doug underscore outs. Make sure you're following Chud at King Chuddy. Uh, and also make sure to go ahead and like and subscribe on uh, whatever form of podcast platform you listen to. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. That that might be the easiest way to get the Chuddy's Corner content out to you. Um, and also uh, make sure you're checking out nickperino.com. Uh, that's where Chuddy's uh, weekly power rankings get posted and the occasional blog too. We're getting more and more blogs posted on there. Mm-hmm. Getting ready to launch chuddyscorner.com pretty soon. That's a little teaser for your fans out there. Uh, but for now, nickperino.com is the home of everything Chuddy's Corner related uh, and also home to just fantastic real estate work. Uh, Nick Perino Real Estate, shout out to the sponsor. We appreciate everything he does for us. Um, but yeah, we'll get right into it. Celtics moved to 31-9. and nine. Uh, on the 105-96 win over the Raptors. Uh, this game was an absolute game of runs. Felt like up and down. <laughs> like it never really uh, felt too comfortable. There was a couple of big runs in the third quarter. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and give us uh, the recap of the game? What would you say? Yeah, so coming out, no Jalen Brown tonight. Getting the night off. Only his third missed game of the season. So he's obviously usually the guy who provides that early energy for the Celtics. So we're wondering how we'd make up for that. But we were able to. Came out of the gates roaring. I thought I loved the way we were playing basketball in the first quarter we were moving the ball great we were hitting open shots but we were just turning the ball over way too much that was really keeping the Raptors in the game as we were completely out shooting them but they had four offensive boards we had zero we had five turnovers they only had one and that was kind of the difference in the first half we're st- uh, first quarter we're still able to open up a little bit of a lead again some hot shooting early especially from beyond the arc and very good uh defense as well Second quarter seemed like things uh, opened up a little bit for the Raptors. They got into a little bit more of a rhythm on offense. They were able to get to the hoop. It seemed like we stopped doing the things we were doing poorly. We stopped the turnovers. We were cleaning up the glass. But our perimeter defense was certainly not as sharp. They were getting into the paint. And we were letting them get out and run, which is really one of the only ways they could score. They struggled to score in the half court. They were getting out in transition. A lot of transition points, again, was kind of keeping things close from there. But Celtics able to maintain a small lead into the break. 
The third quarter, things got really weird. Raptors opened up the quarter on a huge run. Seemed like the Celtics just completely forgot to score. The Raptors were kind of taken over. They had two big and ones back-to-back. Actually opened up a seven-point lead of their own. Um, And then Celtics took a timeout, came back out, completely ratcheted up the defense, and started executing on offense. Played really a great six minutes there to end the third quarter. Went from down seven to up nine. So uh, they had, I think... They said on the broadcast, the Raptors started the quarter with like an 18-4 to run, and then we answered back with an 18-2 run. So like you mentioned, game of runs. But it was really the defense that uh, boosted thing up. And then we continued that run into the fourth quarter. It was nice to see with Tatum, Porzingis going to the bench. It's tough to get some scoring, especially as we mentioned, no Jalen. But found a way to do it. Played some nice offense there. Sam Hauser hit a shot that looked like it was going to be a dagger. Put the Celtics up 14 with about seven minutes left. Uh, Raptors timeout, but sure enough, they answered right back with an 8 0 run. Oh, Got boy. it back down to six. The starters came in. Uh, a bit of a rock fight down the stretch, but credit to the Celtics. They kept up with that defense pretty much all night, and luckily the Raptors helped out because they could not hit a shot. Four for 32 or something like that. 12% yeah, on threes three for the Raptors. was crazy bad. Um, Four for 32. So, yeah, and I'm beginning again. The Celtics able to hold on, hit some clutch sauce down the stretch, especially Drew Holiday hit a couple of big ones, came back into the game and hit back-to-back threes when it looked like things were getting really tight, helped uh, iron things away. And then Tatum, as they sent a double, as the Raptors again got it down to four, but was able to make a great skip pass to the corner. Derek White corner three put us up seven with a minute to go, and that was kind of the ultimate dagger. It felt like the game had like four daggers, but the Raptors, (laughs) and it seems like they always are like this. We saw it earlier with a couple... Yeah, they really, it seems like they're always sneaking it out. They had mentioned a couple times that both of the last two wins were decided by fewer than five points. So we're now 4-0 on the season. We swept the Raptors, swept them last year. So eight in a row wins against the Raptors, which, oh, but Jesus. it really, it doesn't feel like we kind of own them like that. It actually feels like almost every single game is close. So yeah, I'm not wow. really sure uh, what to make of that other than the Raptors. are just, they don't quit <laughs> on their home court. They kept fighting through to the bitter end. So it felt like we had to go win this game a couple times, but nice to see we were able to do that. Yeah, uh, I, I agree that it doesn't. It did, I would not have guessed we beat this team eight times in a row. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, they just sort of they are one of those teams just kind of really slows things down. I mean, a one hundred five ninety six final score in the NBA like nowadays is just pretty <laughs> insane. Anyway, yeah, um, and they're seems, usually one of the I think one of the highest paces in the league. Normally, again, they love to get out yeah, in transition they, and run. So all around, just kind of a weird weird game scoring wise. Even the Celtics, it felt like we were playing well. You looked up, we only scored 44 points in the second half. A 21 yeah. point quarter and a 23 point quarter, which is obviously very strange for the Celtics. We're even more used to putting up 40 point quarters. So uh to yeah. Well, win a it, game like that, very odd. It felt that way too like early. I felt like Porzingis was doing so much offensively and then he had like five points. I'm like, huh. I feel like I'd <laughs> seen him do more offensively than yeah. just that. But um drawing but, a ton of fouls. <clears throat> yeah. Uh so you mentioned uh, we were looking for someone to get the, kind of the hot start for us in this game. Um, today the, today in the first half, looked like Drew Holiday was that guy. So I mentioned before he had 22. He had a career high in points. Yeah. Uh, what you, would you like to what'd you see from Drew Holiday that you liked in that first quarter there, kind of playing that aggressive role? Yeah, exactly. It was super uh, aggressive. Drew, right out of the gate, again, we mentioned it. It usually seems like it's Jalen, that guy they just go to in the fir- first quarter, and he's putting up points, bringing that energy. Tonight it was Drew. Barreled his way to the basket a couple times, hit a couple threes. He had 10 points in the first, like, six or seven minutes, which is yeah. oftentimes as much as he scores in games. And you could tell it, it was 
kind of making a point to look for his offense when he was out there. Um, Tatum's obviously been playing great. Porzingis, both of those guys. But Drew, uh, you know, that's the luxury of having him in this offense is usually he's going to have <laughs> as the a fifth better option. Matchup. It's crazy. Yeah, he's exactly. Not many teams have that many good defenders. So at a certain <laughs> point, you're going to have a matchup you like. Um, and Drew is just taking advantage right out of the gate, punishing bigger guys and uh, going outside or uh, punishing smaller guys. Sorry. And, going outside if they had bigger guys on him. And he was uh, creating as well. What do you have, seven assists? He let us in assists and points. So uh, a yeah. little bit odd for Holiday, but again, reflective of, you know, a little more burden for everyone with Jalen out, but it seemed like it was really making a difference him on the scoring, getting inside again. And uh, no hesitation. It seems like when he decides that he's going to be aggressive, he just gets the ball. And he has a lot of those shots where you're like, no, no, no. And then it goes in and you're like, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, the salt selection in the moment, sometimes you're like, why is he shooting that? But uh, on nights like tonight, it was obviously much needed. And he, he hit a lot more than he missed. So good to see. He also hit one of his corner threes. Uh, Early in the first quarter, off of great yeah. ball movement. So, again, it felt like we were really moving the ball well. Uh, helped Derek get going, too. Obviously, Drew and the broadcast shouted out Holiday leading the NBA in three-point percentage yeah, from the, the corner. I was just going to mention that stat. That's another stat. That's, I, mean, we, I, didn't, I wouldn't have guessed podcast. that either. We dropped it on the last pod, or uh, I think so, on Twitter, oh, yeah. perhaps. It was up there. Oh, it was so. on the Twitter, yeah. Okay. Might have been the one of the interns. The but... announcers are watching. But, yeah, we needed someone to bring that energy, and uh, – it was good to see Drew bringing it right out of the gate for the Celtics. That helped us get off to a good start and play with the lead, yeah. at least for the entire first half. Yeah, uh, you were spot on. Seven assists for him, 22 points. So he, him and Derek White each had 22, but he definitely um, was a, just a mm. total catalyst. And again, it's it's awesome to sometimes just you realize, like, as like our fifth offensive option, we have Drew Holiday that can just come in here. And this is a guy who, uh, you know, on that Bucks team was like their, like, two, three, number two or three score yep. pretty much. So. Definitely, uh, he's got that in him, and the fact that he sacrificed what he has to kind of play this completely sort of different role, um, while just still holding it in him to be able to at any moment be like, <laughs> "Okay, fine, you need me to do right. it. Right. I can do it. I, I will yeah. if you guys want me to do it. I got it." <laughs> uh, so it's like a great feeling. Uh, holidays, yeah. holidays, been a lot of fun to watch. Well, and I think you can almost argue the other way that he was overtasked on the Bucks a little bit. So I think he's probably a little more comfortable in this role, like not even having to be the primary ball handler really there's Derek's out there or one of the Jays like he can really take a back seat and focus on the things he excels at and then like you said he's obviously got those abilities so if we need him to take over for stretches here and there clearly he's capable of doing it yeah yeah no he, he's it's been a real fun addition and it's good to see him every now and then get a nice offensive game he was I think too he was pretty early on um Drew uh Carter mentioned it at the end of the game like he was almost at triple double watch I don't know what he had at the mm. at the end of the second quarter but I think he had like five assists five rebounds two in the at the end of the first half. So, um, wow. you know, he, like I said, it just, it's got that stat line where it's always like uh, more than five assists and rebounds and like double digit points pretty much every night. So it was nice to see him really shine tonight. Uh, 33 minutes he played, uh, shot 50% from the field. Uh, yeah, he, he's been awesome. Uh, I do uh, want to mention, we talked a little bit about the third quarter. Um, there was definitely some things that you, you had said earlier that you didn't really like that from the team. Um, they kind of righted the ship. You mentioned the two massive runs in that quarter. Um, it was really <laughs> yeah. a tale of two quarters, uh, but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit of the, about that third quarter? Yeah, well, it's again, and if you recall that last Raptors game too, it was like last time it was the fourth quarter, I think, but it was like they just came out and blitzed us so hard, and it seemed like that was kind of happening again. They completely turned things around. I mentioned they had those two and ones. Um, RJ Barrett, again, it seems like he's a little bit of a Celtics killer, like something about, he, <laughs> he like, in his head thinks he has some, like, edge against Tatum, which he doesn't, but yeah. he does it's manage to Duke play well maybe? against us. Yeah, the Duke thing, I think, early pick, whatever, but he uh, he gets super aggressive, and he had it going a little bit, getting to the hoop, and that's really what it was with this team. We already mentioned they can't really shoot. 
Um, and we were just letting them get to the cup over and over again to start that third quarter, which is tough. Uh, yeah. The Raptors, I think, finished with like 60 points in the paint to go along with their 30 points in transition. So, again, that's really how they were scoring. The um, the officiating got a little weird. It seemed like they started getting really ticky-tack, too. The Celtics were getting a little frustrated with the calls, and then it uh, ultimately ended with uh, we started, I think, the quarter up five. And then they went on that huge run, which uh, Barrett went in. He got an and one. Then Siakam got a board. He got an and one. Both, like, ticky-tack yeah. calls. That's when Joe <laughs> called that timeout. We were down seven. Um, and, again, the Celtics on offense, we had just gotten a little sloppier. We were playing a little more slowly to get into our stuff. And we had just weren't hitting shots for a little stretch there. So that's obviously a bad combo. Um, and it kind of ended with uh, a White had a bad turnover. He kind of lost the ball. The Raptors got out in transition. They had a three-on-one. Looked like they were going to go up nine. And Tatum stole the pass on the three-on-one. Great play to get back. Yeah, that was One on three, broke up the play, pushed it up. Uh, we moved it around. That led to a Drew kind of running floater. So it went from a nine-point game to a five-point game, what it could have been. Huge swing, it felt like, even in the moment. And kind of the momentum shifted from there. Um, and then, again, the last few minutes of that third quarter. And it was largely, again, Missoula going back to that 2-1-2 half-court defense with Drew in the middle. Really running the ship. We mentioned his offense, but my goodness, his defense was amazing. Uh, the, I mean, the whole team really played well, but Drew is kind of the leader of that. It seems like he got his hands on so many passes and shots, as did a lot of the guys. But yeah. the Raptors in the half court were absolutely flummoxed against that zone. Uh, they went the whole last 322 of the third quarter without scoring a single point. Um, and it seemed like in that 24 run for the last, it was 20 to 4 Celtics run to close out the quarter. I. Would have to go back and look, but it seemed like they were only scoring on free throws. Um, and again, it was largely that 2-1-2, but the defense in general, all the guys, super active, moving, just amazing switching, amazing hands and feet movement, like exactly what you want to see from your defense. It would, really was incredible to watch, and especially because it came at a time where it seemed like for the few minutes leading up to that, the Raptors were penetrating <laughs> our defense, no problem, getting whatever they want. So uh, I thought, especially in that third quarter of the whole game, credit to Joe, Really good timeouts a lot. Like every time they had a run, it seemed like he called a good timeout and then had the right guys it on the floor. Like came a long way in that department. Yeah. I know that used to be like yeah. the, the like not trendy so topic or whatever, like going right. into the timeouts. And again, they're not like it's not like a cure all for a run stopping. But no, he was it does on seem point. like he's yeah, he, he I don't know. It just seems like he's just got more of like uh, I don't know, a little bit of confidence. Better I think feel. again. Just feel Yeah, it's gotta be weird anyway, coming in last year. Right. You're almost like you're in someone else's chair, but yeah, he feels so definitely much Definitely no like deer in the headlights. It's like he's totally comfortable out there. So again, using the timeouts to stop their runs, I thought was huge. And then I thought, again, he was picking the spots with that zone where we've seen the zone at times the last several games where it's looked really good, but a couple times he's kind of stayed in it too long. Teams have figured it out. The mm -hmm. Raptors did not figure it out tonight for uh, the long stretch that Drew was in there running it. And again, it seemed like they we stopped fouling and just focused on the defense and they simply could not score. Um, and that was kind of the difference in a game again we went from being down seven to then up nine and stretched it all the way out to 14 for a super long stretch where it felt like the Raptors only scored nine points and we're really only getting free throws no good looks in there uh it was just great to watch I love when we're kind of leading with our defense and we backed it up with good offense you could kind of see again after I mentioned we got a little upset at the refs and it felt like after that timeout Joe maybe set it to Tatum or Tatum just figured out like if that's the way they're calling I can absolutely take this game over he did it was really Tatum uh in that third quarter he went into takeover mode he took it hard for a dunk he took it hard drew a foul he had a sick cut uh and then he kind of like yeah, double pumped the dunk and one he hit a couple threes a couple jumpers and he was just passing the ball again i mentioned how good he is over and over with those double teams they were trying to throw doubles at him at the end of that third to stop it and he was just making assist after assist he gets in these grooves for like five six minute stretches where he just completely takes over the game making the 
right play every single time, and it was just like there's nothing the Raptors could do. And again, that was just a really sweet six or so minutes uh, of the game where kind of ended up being the difference of all the runs. I think that was kind of the biggest one and ended up being the one that propelled us to hang on for that victory. Yeah. Uh, and Tatum had another night too, where I think it's one of those nights that um, the morons will basically kind of boil up like oh, 19 points. We had 19 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. Yeah, he it did it all. like anytime. Yeah. Anytime they needed him to do something, he was out there um, mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, I think it was, what was he? Seven for 19. He didn't, he was one for six on three, but again, yeah. he didn't really, it was better that it was better for everyone when he was Good going process. to the hoop. So, so as soon as he started to kind of be more aggressive in attack, um, it was nice uh, that he got, you know, that, that dunk too. So we kind of keep that streak of at least putting somebody in a body bag um, during the <laughs> yeah. games with Jalen out. You got to wonder with Jalen out, who's going to dunk someone into the center of the earth. So it yep. was nice that uh, Tatum was able to step up there and, and do that Absolutely. for us. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's nice. But yeah, yeah. I think that, that was kind of the difference there. That was at least for that specific run uh, where things just kind of yeah. ended. It was when Tatum started to go. That cut you mentioned too was like beautiful. Beautiful that play. That was too, a great so. play right about a timeout. Uh, it was like a double screen. I think Drew and Porzingis were both out there. The Raptors got a little confused. He was able to get a step. And then, uh, or was it I mean, either White or Drew were screening? White, Drew, and Porzingis were the three, three other guys involved in the action. Mm-hmm. I think it was KP who made the pass. I backed over, and the other two were screening maybe, or Derek made the pass. Either way. Beautiful yeah. play design, beautiful execution, um, and that was when it felt like okay, like Tatum is now locked in. He got pissed off from some of those calls. He really had it going. Yeah, it was nice too. He was able to get pissed off and not thrown out of the game. So again, he mentioned <laughs> at the end nice. of that game, he was very self-aware. He knew what he was doing then. So yeah, I'm uh, willing to believe him on that. Willing to take his word for it on there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, again, if you I don't know if you want to get into it all a little bit about the fourth quarter there, what you saw towards the end. So the Raptors went on. Uh, they went on a sixteen mm-hmm. to six run. Uh, from like eight minutes to two minutes left in the fourth. So it was one of those things where yeah. it kind of felt like we were getting ready to put them away. <laughs> and then things got a little bit interesting. Do you want to give us a little bit more breakdown on that fourth quarter? Yeah. So I think, uh, again, we finished that third quarter so strong. I was kind of, but Tatum had played the whole third quarter. So obviously then I figured to start the fourth quarter, we go back to that crew, which is an interesting lineup that I don't think plays a lot. Whereas Pritchard, White, Hauser, Al, and someone I'm forgetting, maybe Cornette, but not one of the main guys. Again, a lot of bench. So it's was like, you could tell in the first quarter we went to that lineup. And I think for those like four or five minutes, Derek and Al were maybe as aggressive as I've ever seen them, just launching, no hesitation. Uh, <laughs> it was, it worked. It looked a little sketchy, but it was able to work for the most part. Um, and then in that fourth quarter, those guys more than held the rope. Again, Derek got it going again a little bit, no hesitating there. Al made a couple nice plays. And then uh, Pritchard, again, didn't put up the big stats today that he has the last few games, but I thought he played really well, moved the ball. Um, and then again, we were kept playing that great defense as the Raptors, again, didn't score at all for the first two minutes of the fourth after that long drought in the third. So it was good to see kind of the guys who had spearheaded a lot of that play in the third go to the bench. And these guys in the fourth come right back in and pick up exactly where they left off, at least on the defensive end. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't go in that zone, but they're so locked in. The movement, the rotations are great. And then uh, Pritchard, I mentioned, had that play where he kind of drove after pump fake in the corner, was able to drive to the hoop, kicked it out to Hauser, hit that three. We went up 94 to 80 after being down like 71 to 64. So I think it was like a 30 to nine run or something like that. Um, Yeah. Then they called timeout, I think with like seven, eight minutes left at that point. And again, it felt like that was kind of the game, (laughs) but we let our feet off the gas, I think a tiny bit. The Raptors came out right back to the cup. Drew a couple fouls, got a couple layups. Suddenly it's like, oh, shit, they're not going away. So, again, had to really kind of focus, close things out. Offense got very stagnant again, really, really slowed down. We're getting great looks. (laughs) 
Got some decent shots, I thought, but they weren't falling. But again, it all kind of stems from slowing it down. Then you don't give yourself as many chances to get good shots. Um, So I didn't think the defense ever really dropped. We just stopped scoring for a while there. Mm -hmm. All the starters back in. There was a scary second or two there where Derek looked like he fell, uh, rolled his ankle, but only missed the one possession, came right back in. Um, And then the Raptors had it down to six. And Holiday at that point came back in. He had been tired. Long rest. He came back in and hit two big threes. The first one was just like another one of those where he just caught it. No hesitation. Contested three. I was like, I'm not sure this is the shot we need right now. Uh, or maybe it, was like, it, it wasn't the shot we wanted, but it was the shot we needed. Yeah, that put yeah. us back up nine, and then he had another three that put it up 188. Again, that felt like a dagger, but the Raptors came back out and went on another 8-0 run, got it down all the way to 196, got it within four with a minute left, and that was our, uh, had that awesome possession to close it out. Again, Tatum waited around half court, got doubled. Uh, the Raptors kind of all moved their defense up, and Tatum was extra patient with it, jumped and made an awesome two-handed, like, over-the-head laser skip pass to the corner to Derek White, and Derek hit a three from the corner, almost kind of falling out of bounds. From, yeah, that was, like, as, as cornery as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, was... uh, if he had any larger feet, he either would have been on the line or out of bounds. Because yeah. he was nestled yeah, that... right into that back of that corner. Yeah, that was but, insane. Uh, perfect pass, perfect shot. That put us up seven with a minute left. Got a stop, hit some free throws, and uh, finally, that was kind of the game. It was also but nice. I noticed, ease. if you recall, when Nick Nurse coached the Raptors, it was like they would play us in ballast. So there was like point zero zero on the clock. It was nice to see the Raptors just throwing the towel 40 seconds left down <laughs> nine. It's like, all right. Yeah. Good. So, uh Finally able to relax a little bit. 105-96. I think it didn't yeah. feel like as much of a rock fight, again, especially because you look at the stats and the Celtics shot well from three, over 40%. Yeah. Um, but it was really everywhere else. I'd like to see, if you take the dunks away, the Celtics shot really, really poorly from within the arc. Um, so he <laughs> gave up a ton of points in the paint, didn't score nearly as many, got more than doubled points in the paint. Luckily, the threes were falling. We were able to get some dunks, and we were aggressive and got to the line a lot. Uh, credit to Porzingis. I felt like he drew a bunch of fouls himself, so... Good to get away with a hard-fought victory. And again, they're all hard-fought on the road. They're definitely all hard-fought against this Toronto team. So we'll take it any way we can get it. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a game, too, where the people who kind of complain about the number of threes that get shot and whatnot, like the threes, I think, the number of threes that we shot is the thing that kind of ended up winning us this game. If you look <laughs> right. at where, where all the other points were scored, I mean, like you said, we got doubled up um, points in the points uh, in the paint. It was mm-hmm. 28 to 60, so more than doubled up. Fast break yeah. points was 30 to 15. So right. it's like... And and the Raptors made four threes the entire game. That's twelve they could points not, off They three. just like couldn't That's score insane. on us in the half court when we focused. Yeah. So <laughs> so for us it was like you know the three points if we hadn't shot as many three pointers I don't know if this mm-hmm. is a game that we win because like you said too the, the shots that we were missing and stuff from within the arc right. it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Um. So shout out yeah those the people who who still think that like you had to you can't shoot too many threes <laughs> in the NBA like if like it's crazy there's still people out there um, yeah but it's just the way the game is played now and again on a night like tonight. We weren't exactly lights out. For, well, forty-one percent actually—that's pretty good. That's pretty but good. Sixteen for thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah, I did sixteen for thirty-nine. But compa- it's just they, the, the Raptors shot 12, 12 percent yeah, from no. three. So hitting four threes in an entire game is crazy. Um, yeah, it's actually impressive they were able to be in the game shooting that poorly from three in the modern NBA. <laughs> like yeah, credit to them, playing pretty good defense and uh, certainly finding other ways to score. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Just uh, anything other, other kind of notes from the game that you took down or anything like that? Um, again, I thought it was good to see White get it going. We mentioned when Tatum went out, he hit a couple threes. He would start off four for four, and it was like, okay, he's all the way back. But then I think he missed six threes in a row, because at one point then he was four for ten. I don't know exactly what he finished. Obviously, he hit that big one at the end. So, jury still remains out if he's completely back shooting-wise or not. Yeah. But it seemed like he's 
struggling inside, especially down the stretch when they kind of went back in and he missed the floater that it seems like he always made. And then he made a nice move, got all the way to the rim and lefty layup just way too hard off glass. So he's really struggling to finish inside, hit a couple yeah. threes, obviously a couple big ones. Uh, that's yeah, tough to I, see. I tweeted it out. Derek White uh, is, is temporarily at least for now suspended from joining the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I did leave a little bit of a caveat that if he wants to come on the podcast, just to discuss his suspension from the podcast, He's what he can come on for that, but we're not going to discuss his shooting or anything like that. So there's a little bit, I left a little bit of a window for Derek if he still does want to come on, but um, he's temporarily suspended um, pending further review. We're just it's out of an abundance of caution, of course. Now, yes, no, it's for the for the best of the team, the team, the team, you know, exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a slight window open there, though. So I did, I did mention yeah. that. Um, um, anything else, too? Yeah, I just want to shout out O'Shea Brissett. Only got a little run in the first half, but again, just providing that crazy O'Shea energy. Brissett, he did, he did, he he did play he well, but it feels like three weeks ago, that part of the he game. Had a crazy tip-in. Um, he tried for an insanely ambitious put-back dunk that he didn't quite land, but uh, <laughs> it's just cool to see someone bringing that energy, especially when you got no yeah. Jalen in there. Like The game just changes when he's in there because he's such an absolute madman. Uh, he mm-hmm. had a three. He had a corner three that was nice, even though he had – Another floater from like inside the free throw line that seemed like he almost broke the backboard. It was so <laughs> ugly. So he gives you a little of everything, but it, you know he yeah. really does bring a different element that uh, I'm starting to enjoy off the bench, especially at certain times. You throw him in there, just create a little bit of chaos. He's pretty consistent with that. Um, then the other thing is just the way that Porzingis draws fouls. I know it's like not a new thing, but just watching him, it's like he either makes shots over guys or he just goes so high on that jumper that even like centers. They go to contest and they're hitting him on the arm, hitting him on the elbow. Like he can, it's just such money when you feed him yeah. inside there. Uh, and just again, and it's we, not, we keep it talking doesn't about feel, how it doesn't feel as unethical as a lot of the other guys that it's, are really good no, at trying. Like fouls. jump shots, and that's just people trying to contest it. They can't get up to the ball, but then he does the same thing on the other end, and it's like he's high enough, so he's getting that high five, which isn't a foul, but they're like not able to get up yeah. enough to get there on him. He kind of like has out. this way of like going up, and he's almost like it's almost yeah. like he's like frozen, like and then it's like. It goes up yeah. and it's like so he like almost like holds yeah. it and just looks so it just looks kind of like it. But again, right. it's not it's not nearly as uh, unethical though as some of the other hoopers out there no. that are free throw oh, no. merchants and such. But no, no, it no, is no. impressive though to see the way he can get himself to the line, and I think that helps get everything else going too. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess if we want to just uh, do you have any other things about the game, or should we pop over to our announcer notes? I'm ready to get into announcer Biz- talk. Yeah, busy announcer talk. So again. Yeah. Uh, Seemingly a uh, huge fan of the show, Drew Carter. Uh, once again, so he mentioned earlier in the game something about Scal like hating how kids like Google everything nowadays. And we're, <laughs> yeah, so it was the old it was man a in the trivia clouds. question. It was a trivia a tri- question. Scal, oh. Scal, they were talking a trivia question about someone who had like played the most games for the Raptors, or someone was approaching it. Yeah, and Scal was like, someone should tweet us or something and t- and try to answer that trivia question. And then he's like, ah, oh, well, he's like, you kids will just look up everything. Like you, you ruin it. And uh, Drew Carter kind of called him out then and was like, yeah, oh. he he's asked like, the old he's man like, do you know cloud. how old you sound right now, Scal? And he gave him, hit him with the old man yells at cloud. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was obviously a natural. Uh, fit for us. I got the I got the text. So I I had um I had obviously I had the game on, but I was I was kind of in the middle of working on a separate meme that I was trying to, trying to get out. So um sometimes you know in doing that you miss you miss a few a few few of the actions. So I'm glad that you reached out and were like they just call the moment in the cloud because that that's a, that's a quick and easy one right there. So oh, yeah. um and yeah so this one it was again big surprise. Uh, it was mm. like, uh, Chuddy scored on a returns to the. Uh, the, yeah. the the program or something like that. I forget how he worded it exactly, but it definitely They're felt back. like there was yeah, it definitely felt like there was some real close uh, yeah. to go right there. 
Yeah, more um, great airtime on NBC Sports Boston for the Chuddy's Corner podcast. Yeah, we loved it. Love to see it. So again, shout out to Ricardo. Not suspended it from the podcast at all. Oh no, no. Uh, very welcome on here whenever if he wants to Arguably kind of discuss the uh, his his kind of connections to the Celtics Twitter. Um, and you know, I think I think it's awesome that he's trying to get it back, like kind of put that more in the broadcast because I think you know for a while, I mean, th- there's a lot of funny stuff that goes on out there. There's a lot of like crazy doom and gloom stuff too. But there's also just a lot of like funny people. There's a lot of creative needs and stuff like that. So, um, I, I big respect for Drew Carter to kind of for kind of leaning into that. And I think it creates like a great dynamic between him and Scow, where it's like Scow's just like I don't like I tried <laughs> he I tried doing this a little bit ago and I just wasn't really didn't really catch on for him as much. But um, and it builds into the, you know Drew's calling him like Uncle Uncle Scow, Uncle which Scal, is just yeah. like that right there is like a meme that's going to be coming soon. Yeah. So I'm going to have yeah. to get something going for that. That, yeah. There's like never endless stuff with Uncle Scout. Oh god, that'll be um, good. But also, so when they brought it up, when they showed the tweet, they kind of started laughing. They showed Scout. Scout was cracking up and uh, yeah. being called the old guy. And then they kind of went into more detail. And he told him how he he views him as like his nephew as the relationship. That's how it started. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how you well, like. He's like, me. I asked him at lunch, like, what do you see me yeah. as? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you see me as like a friend, a big brother, like a father figure. He's like, I see you as like a nephew. And then uh, in post game, they were talking about it again, and they were all cracking up some more. And they said they, he's like, he's like, you used to be like just a little kid, like I wouldn't mess with you, but now you're like the cool nephew. I like they made like a <laughs> taboo joke about how like they have the relationship where Scal's like the uncle that will like buy Drew beer before he's of age. Like <laughs> they were cracking up about that. He kept calling him Uncle Scal. Amina Smith, shout out, said it was by far her favorite part of the broadcast. So I'd like to think that in some way we kind of helped influence the Uncle Scal picnic. Like we got to birth this, I think. Through the yeah. meme led to the conversation where they established the Uncle Scal nickname. Uncle so, Scal. Yeah. Hey, whatever we we're here to serve. We're here to serve. The Celtics, yeah. Celtics Twitter, Drew Carter, I, I tweeted out at him, um, you know, any mid-game meme that he needs, uh, go ahead and just shoot that <laughs> out. You can, you can say it on the broadcast, we'll hear it, we got our, it's like, it's like the bat signal goes out in the sky whenever Definitely. Drew Carter asks for a meme, uh, we're, we're sitting there Well, ready, yeah, and at the end of the game, I don't know if it's the right time, but he met, he kept saying Derek Dagger, and Scott was like, Derek I was, Dagger, I, like, I, it's the like, I see the wheel. <laughs> That's the wheels are moving for me too. Yeah. I had a few few things at workshop, uh, and, we'll and that's say. when Drew was like, "Oh yeah, he's like you here." They're always like, "Those wheels are always turning, Uncle Scal." Those two, the chemistry continues to grow, and I mean, what a what a great broadcast again. It's sad that I never would have thought going into the season that we'd be enjoying the road broadcast as much as uh, the home broadcast in Mike's yeah. farewell season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, just Carter, very different. It's beyond like, uh, all expectations. Which, yeah, it's just yeah, like a very contrasting, uh, yeah. So it's like, Gorman you get Mike, and it's Twitter like, this is comforting. Virtual. This is like what I know. This is what makes me just feel. And then every now and then you go out to Drew, it's just kind of like, yeah. all right, this is like, it almost feels like you are just like visiting like a, like a relative <laughs> at college or something like that when it's Drew Carter on there. Definitely. Um, yeah, and yeah. also we've uh, established a little consistency now. Celtics officially 2-0 and in games where Chuddy's Corner is on the broadcast. So oh! If NBC Sportsnet and any other broadcast partners of the NBA out there care about the Celtics and believe in superstition, I think it's pretty clear at this point they should be <laughs> yeah. bumping Chuddy's corner every every game. <laughs> We'd be more than happy to join the half game, the pregame, the postgame. 100%. Uh, yeah, so 
Yeah, fun night, fun night for the pod. That's always exciting. It always is just weird when you're just watching. You hear <laughs> Chuddy's corner get mentioned. Yeah, um, coming a household name. I liked how we threw it in too because they had been talking about the uh, JJ Reddick curse, which we had mentioned earlier. Yeah, and JJ had tweeted this tweeted into the game saying that he is watching. Yeah, so they were kind of joking about that, and then. Uh, after they brought, they were like, we had Chuddy's Corner, we had J.J. Reddick. I know, yeah, us, we're the same know. level as the uh, Yeah, multiple, yeah. you know, big, famous basketball podcasts just yeah. moving along. No That's like deal, a very, know? it's like a well-known, uh, <laughs> it's like a military t- tactic. You, you, you align with somebody, then you're basically... Yeah, like you've now even yourself. You're like getting looked that's, at at their level now. It's beautiful. That's certainly how I. Feel. So yeah, I think if Sars basketball pods go, it's like a one A one B thing kind of yeah. going between us and JJ Reddick. Definitely, and they're <laughs> kind of continuing the theme again, where it seems like they listen. Because last episode we already mentioned, we talked about Drew from the corner. They immediately brought that up, and we talked about <laughs> the whole uh, JJ podcast, Derek White saga, and they were all over that too. So. We're hitting on these topics, and then they're bringing them up during the game. So it seems pretty clear they're following a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. We love our fans. Uh, from Absolutely. the biggest fan to the smallest fan, we love them all top to bottom. Amen. Uh, amen to that. Um, all right. Uh, unless you have anything else, are you ready to kick it over? I know it's a pretty packed around the NBA slate today, so uh, why don't we go ahead and get into that one? What do you got for yeah. us? Let's do it. So um, got to start the other night. Tune oh, last night actually I guess at this point uh crazy Bucks Kings game ends up going to overtime. There's a lot that happened in there, starting with Mike Brown getting absolutely furious at the refs coming <laughs> on the court. He was charging like at the ref in transition, like he was going to actually fight him. Yeah, he, uh, somehow didn't make a ton of contact. Malik Monk had to almost wrestle him away, say, and it was like, was he cracking up the whole time that, that was happening? Monk. It looked like, it looked like Monk of, was yeah. laughing the whole time. Like he, almost like Brown he couldn't believe how more than he was. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. Um, so Mike Brown got ejected, which fired up the Kings because then the Kings played great, had a crazy comeback, and that the Bucks kind of blew it, forced overtime. In overtime, the Kings had the game completely under control. They kind of blew it, missed several free throws down the stretch, which led to Damian Lillard hitting a walk-off 30-plus yeah. footer, uh, immediately going to the Dame time. Then we got a few more funny things after the game along with that. So first, Mike Brown, in his press conference, he... Brings out a laptop as soon as he starts, and he's like, all right, here's why I got ejected. He turns the laptop around and plays multiple possessions from the game, which leads me to believe that after getting ejected, he was in the locker room with someone uh, chopping up the film so that he could be ready. Yeah. 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 So um, hilarious five-minute rant on the refs, how they're completely inconsistent, why he was so mad, and why he ultimately got ejected. Um, I'm sure you've seen it floating around on Twitter. There's lots of memes. I think you put a few out there even of the situation. Oh, yeah. That's a meme. So That's had, a good uh, meme forever. Darko Ryakovich going full rant about not even a week ago. Now we got Mike Brown. Um, I mean, we say it over and over. The league's got an officiating problem. So uh, I guess the more it's all it's the younger exposed, refs. Yeah, hopefully they can somehow change this because I mean it's brutal and it's honestly affecting games. So hate yeah. to see that all around. Um, and then another funny thing that came out of this. I don't know if you saw this, but. The biggest clown in the league, Tenasis Antetokounmpo, Giannis's brother. Yeah, they like all took a picture of the Bucks of like all doing the Dame time thing, and I don't know yeah. if Tenasis just didn't get the memo, but for whatever, he's like on the outside and he's just doing like hands up like a boxing pose, which was like <laughs> everyone's making fun of him for that. Where like he can't even do a picture right, and then <laughs> today Dame posted the picture and he conveniently I don't know if it was intentional or what, but he cut Tenasis out of the frame yeah. in the yeah, picture I did he posted. See that. So I don't know if that was intentional, but I like to think that he's just like 
can't stand Tanasis. I was like, oh my god, like I can't believe you guys put up with this fucking clown just to like satisfy Giannis. So yeah. I hope he's rolling his eyes at him as hard as the rest of the country. But uh, nice win for the Bucks again. Gave up a ton of points, but they have now won three in a row. They obviously thumped us. They beat the Warriors, and then that was last night against the Kings on a back-to-back. So a little bit of rhythm for them. Obviously, the offense was playing well, and obviously, game uh, time still in effect. So. We clown on the Bucks a lot, but maybe I'll take yeah. them slightly more seriously after this past week, I think is at least fair. Yeah, I didn't I didn't, didn't really shoot well that whole game though, did he? I thought no. I had seen yeah, so he didn't have a great game, but, so but the don't, clutch don't get it within three. With yeah. Just it was also by just, ten and you're fine. You don't have to worry about team time. Absolutely botched by the Kings. They made two big mistakes down the stretch. They missed three out of four free throws in the final like forty seconds. And then on that last possession, they're completely over denying Giannis when like Gian- the one guy you have to worry about is Dame. They denied Giannis, so they had to give it to Dame, and then barely even contested. I know it was a deep shot, but we all know, you know, mm-hmm. what Dame can do. It's like the one thing you can't let happen. Basically, up by two points in that situation is exactly yeah. what happened. So goes Beautiful. both ways a little bit there, but still some some momentum for the Bucks certainly. Yeah. Um, another game last night, Clippers T Wolves, real marquee event. Two of the uh heaviest hitters in the West, obviously, and two teams playing almost as well as anyone. Great game. Uh impressive win by the Timberwolves to hold off the uh, Clippers. Just awesome defense. Smothered the Clippers with their defense, played about as well as I've seen a lot of teams play them all year. There was a couple funny moments from this one in the first half. The Clippers were playing ha- kind of hack it, Rudy, making Gobert shoot free throws. Gobert was completely in his own head. He was one of six at one point. Uh on one trip, he missed the first free throw and badly and then airballed the second free throw even worse the clippers bench was cracking up i don't know if you saw this they were laughing at him doing a bench ball falling out of when their chairs air, when he airballed it i saw yeah. like i saw Westbrook a camera was, like, angle getting filmed Westbrook, by a like, fan, with a fan yeah. like describe what happens but i can't look and he missed it and, like Westbrook, it was like a little kid like he almost forgot that he was like a yeah. professional basketball player for a second like, oh shit, shit shit crazy how much they were clowning on gobert during the game and again a close game that then the wolves clamped up uh closed him out during the stretch Largely thanks to great defense by Rudy Gobert, uh, playing at an amazing level. He was awesome. Even switching on to Kawhi, getting him all out of rhythm was impressive to see. And Gobert hitting four clutch free throws down the stretch to ice it away. So, Gobert got the last laugh on that one. Um, mm. Super impressive win by the Timberwolves. Really good game. Really fun game. I don't know if some people maybe were watching uh, those those football games. but Clippers Yeah, so was I was, and I would have totally event. imagined that. Based on just what I saw on Twitter, was that Gobert costing the game with those free throws? So I have no, the, redem- the redemption 100%. part of that arm did not make its way to social media. That's, I thought that yeah. Gobert ruined that, and I would have just assumed no, the Clippers he won. won the, so he was this is the player why of the game. around the NBA is a great segment for uh, for NBA fans yeah, who are get the, get uh, definitely score. watching all the Celtics games. But if you're not getting all the other games, especially on uh, Wild Card Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, that's good to know because that redemption part of his poor Gobert <laughs> story arc did not make it to social media. Yeah, right. what exactly. Else, what else you got? Um, so then another story that dropped the other day. I feel like it's at least once a week on around the NBA. We basically break in with some horrible news for the Grizzlies. This time it's Desmond Bain, who's been one of the only constants this year. Now he's got an ankle injury. He's going to be out six weeks. Uh, again, I mean, it's just like a bad Grizzly season gets worse at this point. Uh, Jaron Jackson's like their only guy who's healthy. Uh, it's just sad to see. I mean, we mentioned I feel last like they time. Need to put at him this in, point, like a bunker or something. <laughs> at this point, yeah, the season was already probably a write-off. But like, with at least one of the bright spots was Bain has played at an all-star level, and it was just a good opportunity for him to get more like reps, being the lead guy, which you'd think would help later. All-star now, level. Look- yeah. Like he was going to make the all-star game. I think if the team was better, he'd have a very good case. He's been really good. 
all-star level. He might not make yeah. the team, but again, the team is stacked. The point is, he's playing amazing, and he's been one of their only reliable guys who's actually yeah. been playing in every game. Um, he's really upped his game, and again, it just would have been a great opportunity for him and Jaron Jackson to get more reps as the lead guys. Now, that won't even happen. Um, so they trotted out just like a grim lineup now without him. They're playing G League guys. Um, GG is getting minutes for them. Zaire Williams is finally going to have to come through. Uh, big body Roddy is out there. Um, all kinds of, you know, it's just Vince Williams Jr. who had a career high today. And uh, that leads me into to some of today's games for MLK Day. We had Draymond's return to the Floundering Warriors, and they got thumped by the G League Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson and nice. the G League Grizzlies held off the Warriors. Uh, it was, the, the Grizzlies couldn't score. They were doing, like, everything you see a bad team do who's been winning, trying to, like, give away kind of the game, and the Warriors just wouldn't take it. The Warriors could not score. They had absolutely nothing going. Um, just, like, a sad, pathetic loss to a team that, again, is trotting out half a roster that shouldn't even be in the NBA. And Are any of those guys that are trotting out of European descent? Like, any of the Euros? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, they got Santi Aldama from Spain, who... He's not. He's actually a solid, I guess, ish player. Um, he played boy. seventeen minutes, so yeah, no. But he's I need not to one see of the G League guys. But... <laughs> but I'm just, yeah. I just had, you know, I want to. Yeah, I no, think we should. We should do like. Uh, actually, this is great. Great idea for me. Uh, I'm going to do like Draymond Green has gone one day without attacking a Euro <laughs> Euro on another team. Yeah, so, yeah. Impressive, I'm gonna, I'm gonna impressive strength by Draymond tonight. No yeah. doubt about it. But um, just. The, the bad losses and bad play continues to pile up for the Warriors. And I don't know if they've hit rock bottom, but this has to be close. Again, if you go go look at that box score for the Grizzlies, look at the guys they're playing. Like I mentioned, it's Vince Williams. Um, got <laughs> Gigi. I, sorry, I can't even remember his last name from South Carolina. Um, but all kinds of guys who, like I said, were not even on any NBA roster going into the season and are now out there uh, winning games in crunch time against the Warriors. So, uh they're gonna have to do something. I'm not sure the uh, the Draymond return brought exactly what they were hoping it would, at least in these mm-hmm. early returns, as they're all the way down to 12th in the West, and uh, the hole's getting larger and larger. So, good stuff. Um, then another funny one the other night interview with uh, Monty Williams, coach of the Pistons, who's just been beyond a disaster. He had some just laughable comments the other night. Uh, we kind of talked about how he's been misusing a lot of the talent on the team, especially last year's lottery pick, Jaden Ivy. Today, he basically said, or it wasn't today, it was a couple nights ago in his press conference, he basically said the team had a meeting where they sat down and kind of like organizationally talked about some stuff, and it occurred to him that he should give uh, Jaden Ivey the ball more, give him more on-ball reps, which is, again, just hilarious, because Jaden Ivey is a point guard who was basically ball-dominant <laughs> in college and got drafted fourth overall, uh, or fifth overall, whatever. <laughs> Either way, so the guy they took in the top five to play point guard it's now just occurring to him halfway into his season that he should have the ball in his hands. It's, uh, <laughs> again, just kind of a good summation of what the hell is going on in Detroit. Um, but he, after making that revelation, good for Detroit back in the win column, they were able to beat the Wizards Huge. today. Almost the matchup of 29 versus 30 in uh, the power rankings. Maybe I should have made it that to hype up the game a little bit more, but yeah. you could see some movement as the cage list. Kuzma tweet. Exactly. Revenge for the Coos tweet. Uh, the Pistons without Cade getting a win. Jaden Ivey got to run point guard. What do you know? It actually worked well. So good for them. Obviously, the Lions snapping their playoff curse last night. Wolverines winning uh, the Natty last week. So hell of a uh, seven days or so for Detroit now. And even the Pistons <laughs> getting in on the fun. So yeah, good Beautiful. for them. Good for them. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Um, love to see that. And then just a couple more games and moments of note today. We finally saw Joel Embiid back in the lineup. So things are starting to get a little concerned there with like what's going on. He was back, put up 41-10, and 10, was able to extend the streak in the fourth quarter of a blowout against the Rockets. So the, we probably should have led with that, that the 30-10 streak rolls on. That's really obviously all any NBA fans care about. <laughs> um, and he got asked about after the game if it was like, he was getting knocked on for missing games and snap padding or whatever. And he basically was like, uh, he's like, no, it's like pretty clear. People talk about Joel Embiid and they get likes and clicks and stuff. So keep trolling like shouts to you. Okay. So that was his approach on that one. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll do. You're we will see. Now, too. now it gets interesting. Cause obviously he's missed five games in a row, comes back, plays. He was questionable, played in this game tomorrow, back to back for the 76ers against the big Serbian boy. So back to back against Jokic on uh, national TV. So will Embiid take the second night off? I also saw the Nuggets post their injury report and Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter, and I think a couple other guys were all questionable. So it would be <laughs> the funniest thing ever if the Nuggets trolled back by sitting everybody uh, for yet another marquee matchup on national TV for the NBA. So uh, I'm sure they're just Love holding it. their breath to see both of these teams' injury reports tomorrow. Yeah, that would be a good one. As funny as those things will be, I obviously would like to watch and beat against Jokic, which seems like we never really get the chance. Um, Don't count on it. Yeah, and then uh, in the other games today, the Pelicans dropped the rope, had a bad road loss when it seemed like they'd been getting things going against the Mavericks. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie Irving both put up over 40 points in a game. Wicked crazy. Uh, only the 20th time in NBA history, two teammates have each had 40. And this was with Luka out, obviously. So Hardaway yeah. Jr. and Irving were both going absolutely nuts. Uh, Derek Lively was unreal, crashing, and just... A bad, bad loss for the Pels. They gave away a big lead. Uh, should Definitely should not have lost to this team without Luka. Um, and then the marquee event that was on TNT during the afternoon was Hawks-Spurs. I don't know if you saw any of this one, but the Hawks got up to a 35-point lead. The Spurs were just playing absolutely awful. Pop benched the guys, came out with uh, some bench players in the second half. Wemby did not start the second half after having zero points in the first half. Message was obviously sent because Wemby came back in and had easily his best half as an NBA player. He scored, I think he finished with 26 points all in the second half. He only missed like two shots. He was dominant on the rebound. He was dominant blocking shots. They got a 35-point deficit all the way down to six. Um, so we mentioned the other day after the Hawks lost to the Wizards, that was rock bottom. If they had blown this one, this would have actually been even lower, I think, uh, <laughs> to blow that lead to a seven-win team. They weren't able to, but... It was an amazing Wemby stretch. He just absolutely dominant on both ends. Very cool to watch. Um, great stuff. And that came on the heels of Wemby announcing that he would be in the skills competition coming up. So that'll be fun to see. Uh, the freak show <laughs> take his talents to that stage. That'll be um, very interesting to see so his giant ass running up the court next to some like six foot one point guard. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was really the final note. We've got some other games going on on MLK Day across the board, but... That was really the last of what we saw, and I think that's a good transition into the Celtics' next game. Yeah, um, that is a seamless transition there. <laughs> uh, so, well, yeah, why don't we get the Celtics? We got the Spurs. Uh, we're back at home for the Spurs. We have Spurs uh, Nuggets back at home before we head the road again. Yep. Um, so it's going to be tough for us to crack the national broadcast for those two home games, but it will be nice to uh, to enjoy the dulcet <laughs> sounds of uh, Mike Gorman, though, of course. Um, so yeah, well, 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 you never know. You say that, but JJ Reddick tweeted he was obviously watching the NBCSM broadcast. He's an ESPN announcer. He could be on the call for that game. Now we know JJ knows Chuddy's corner. So hey, <laughs> yeah, we are really connecting a lot never of thoughts never. here. <laughs> uh, all right, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, your, your recap or your preview? I'm sorry for the Celtics Spurs game on yeah. uh, Wednesday. 
So last time I tried to hype up the entire Spurs roster and immediately got almost laughed out of the <laughs> studio. So obviously all anyone cares about in this game is watching Wembenyama, and that's fine. I'm down to give him his flowers. Yeah. But the Spurs have been playing a lot better lately since they've juggled around the starting lineup. They're playing Trey Jones more, an actual point guard. They're playing Wemby at center a lot. Um, and it's looking better. Pop's getting these guys to at least be competent. Again, they got down by 35 today, but then played some of their best basketball of the season in the second half. They've had a couple of wins lately. Uh, so for some of those bottom feeders, they're looking better. Wemby just looks better and better every game. Like I mentioned tonight, second half, probably the best half he's had all year. So uh, really looking forward forward to watching, obviously, Wembenyama in Boston. Um, props to any fans going to the game, getting to see that in person. I'm super excited about that. I think that'll be really fun to watch. Um, seeing Porzingis out there next to him, just, just a lot of height on the floor. But the main thing at the end of the day <laughs> is, at least for now, the Spurs are not a very good team. So hopefully we can take care of business, extend that whole winning streak, Hopefully get a little bit of rest so that we can gear up for Friday night against the Nuggets at home, which uh, should be, you know, one of the best home games of the year. Our only chance to see Jokic in Boston. And obviously that will likely be more of a, a chance to see that home winning streak put to the test. But one game at a time. Got to get past the Spurs first. Yep. All right. Yeah, should be an interesting one again. Definitely don't want to be looking ahead too far to that Nuggets matchup. It seems like they might be resting all their guys anyway for that matchup against us. We'll um, see. But yeah, should be able to take care of business with the Spurs, but it will be fun. Um, definitely be fun just to watch those uh, Porzingis and uh, Wembenyama just facing <laughs> off, just like those like definitely. super tall battle of the slender men. Um, yes. But yeah, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to being back here with everyone on Wednesday to review that uh, to preview to review that game, preview the Nuggets game, take a look around the league. Uh, so yeah, we'll see everyone back here Wednesday night. Uh, just once again, shout out to Drew Carter. Just uh, really <laughs> love what he's. Helping out with the podcast that way. Make sure that if you are listening to this, do you subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you listen to it? Go to our YouTube page, subscribe to that as well, uh, and make sure you follow us at Chuddy's Corner, the uh, the premier Celtics meme uh, for the broadcast right now. So, um, and yeah, we're looking forward to interacting with everyone more on, so on social media and stuff like that too. So, see you all Wednesday night. We're out of here. Uh, have a good night, Chuddy. Take care. Peace out, Chuddy Eds. <laughs>